Uh, if you're uh, new or joining us online, uh, I'm Tom, lead pastor here at Coast. And in this new year, we're beginning a new series. Um, oh, and also, you should follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and you should like the things that we do and share the things that we do. That's like a really cool way to let other people know about what we've got going on here. Um, and so what we've got going on here, uh, this series on the Sermon on the Mount, which uh, as, when Tony was praying, he, he, one of the greatest messages ever given, and one of most probably, probably the single most impactful teaching uh, in all of human history. It's uh, Matthew 5 to 7, and in it, Jesus covers like all kinds of stuff. And I want, I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. If any of you have seen The Chosen, they did an episode on the Sermon on the Mount. And one of the coolest things about the, the episode was after it was over, and even while it was happening, it was focused, the, the, the episode was focused not on what Jesus was saying or doing, but on how people were responding to it. Like they were hearing something that was absolutely radical, absolutely beyond anything they'd ever heard before. And it was, it was like, wow, there is a new hope. There is a new movement happening, a, a revolution in the way that human beings live and operate. And I'm hopeful that over, as we, as we in, do this series and as we kind of dig in and, and, and get behind, get underneath the meat of, of what Jesus is doing, that we'll have the same reaction. We'll say, wow, there are some serious ways that we can r- radically change our life. That we can really become part of something super exciting. And, and yeah, it's, it's, well, we'll talk about it. I got a couple of things, three things here, uh, that I hope that you'll, you'll see as we kind of overview of the Sermon on the Mount. And so, uh, next slide. The first one is, uh, it's, it's, it's upside down. Okay. I used to love roller coasters. Uh, the problem is now, until I lose, it's the new year. Tammy, it's the new year. We're going to lose it. It's going to happen because when I go on roller coasters now and I pull down the thing, it's very uncomfortable because it's like, oh, I don't like that. Uh, But I do love going upside down on roller coasters. And what we're going to find is that everything that the world assumes to be true about life, Jesus is like, whoop, flip that right upside down. And so as we're going through the series, be ready for that. Be ready to see, um, here's how the world thinks about things. Here's how the kingdom of heaven turns it upside down. Uh, the next thing is trending. Um, the the Sermon on the Mount is, is a fascinating piece of of work because I mean everyone from you know Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. to um, to Gandhi, uh, all, all these people all throughout world history have been just blown away by this teaching. And what happened? What had happened with it is it it, it was like a seed and it got planted. It starts to expand. And so just like, you know, when something goes trending on social media, not everyone has bought in yet. Not everyone's been exposed or seen it or gotten excited about it, but it's, it's expanding. And, and the more people that hear it, the more we see it expand. It starts to trend. And as we've seen for the last 2000 years, since Jesus gave this teaching, all, more and more people have decided, I want to follow this guy's way of doing things. I want to follow, I want to believe and let live and act in the kingdom like this. And it's, it's, it's growing and expanding, and it's going to keep growing and expanding. It's going to keep going. And, and every time these words go out, more and more people are going to be like, I want in. This is life. This is hope. This is the future. And through that, ultimately, the world will come to know what the kingdom of heaven is like. The last thing that we're going to see, um, and I got some, uh, some laborers there uh, to 
to focus on the fact that as, as Jesus like narrates this, like this new world, this kingdom of heaven, that's, that's crashing in with him, crashing into our lives, crashing into the world around us. It's going to be surprising who gets excited about it. Okay. Like every time there's like a new movement that, that happens, like it's a political movement or, you know, a, a cultural movement. There, there are going to be people who are like, who are like, yes, I want to be a part of this. And then there's going to be people who are like, the interesting thing about the Sermon on the Mount is who it's going to appeal to. We're going to talk a lot about that today in the Beatitudes because we're going to find out that that the people who are impacted by the Sermon on the Mount, the ones who want it, the ones who want to go after it, are going to be common folks, lowly people, not the people who have power and success, not the people who are on the top, but instead people who are struggling on the bottom. And we're going to see that right now. So let's take a look at the Beatitudes. Uh, maybe, maybe the most famous passage in, in all of scripture. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, just so we know, poor in spirit uh, means like lowly or um, kind of marginalized. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not like they're, they're lacking like spirit, like, we, like there's not enough spirit in them. It's that their, their status is low. Okay, so blessed are the low status people. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. They will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, maybe justice, for they will be filled. Uh, The word for righteousness and justice is the same in, in Greek. Blessed are the merciful. They will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. They will be called God's kids, children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, of integrity, living well, living rightly, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to cause a little bit of anxiety for a lot of you right now. Um, so here's a picture. There's this guy, Peter Walsh. He's a professional declutterer. And so he has YouTube videos telling us how to organize our lives. This is uh, one of his, this is, the, this is what the, the living room looked like before he got involved. Now for some of you, you're like, ah! that's my wife. My wife, if, if, the, if there's anything like out of sorts, she's not happy. There's no peace. Because it's like, eh, that's not me. I'm totally fine. Like you, I can sleep on the floor on a bare mattress. I don't care. Um, and in fact, we, she actually cleaned the house, uh, just a couple of days ago and I got home from work and I completely didn't notice at all. And, and she was very upset. And then when she was like, Hey, did you notice that I took down all of the Christmas decorations, vacuumed everything, put it, I'm like, yeah, you're right. This place looks amazing. That's awesome. Uh, th- this, this picture, it, it upsets me because I look at that and I'm like, that TV is so small. Like, how, can you even see, like, what's happening? But the rest of it, I, I don't know, it doesn't, doesn't bother me. What, something similar is, is, is going on here. The kind of person who needs things to be in order, who needs things to be, like, put away and organized, that, that person is going to walk into this situation and freak out. The type of person who doesn't care is going to walk into this room, like, I'm home, woohoo! 
But it's about who you are as a person that, that dictates how you respond to this. Jesus is saying exactly the same thing about the kingdom of heaven. There's going to be some people who, when, they, when the kingdom of heaven arrives, they're like, oh, finally. I've needed this for so long. The people who are poor in spirit, they're lowly, they're low status. In the regular world, they're considered losers and fools. But when the kingdom of heaven arrives, they're finally, they're finally home. The people who are, are merciful in, in the world, in the world, mercy doesn't get you very far. But when the kingdom of heaven arrives and, and you start living there, that's when you're going to receive the same mercy that you give. Happy day. The word uh, blessed that we get in blessed, 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 it's makarios. It's, it's Greek. It really means like um, happy or fortunate. It's like, hey, you're somebody who's thirsting for righteousness. You're so lucky because right now a, a new movement's going to come in where it's actually, you're going to get the justice that you seek. It's finally going to happen. So what Jesus is doing is he's outlining, the Beatitudes are outlining the kinds of people who are going to love the kingdom of heaven. That's the first thing in your note sheets. The people Jesus calls blessed are the kinds of people who are going to love his kingdom. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's look at the, look at, um, the, the types of people, right? Poor in spirit, which is like lowly, low status. Those who mourn, um, There's a lot of people here uh, who are mourning right now. I know. When the kingdom of heaven breaks in, you'll find comfort. The meek, the meek will inherit the earth. Hmm. It seems to me, meek, meek people don't usually inherit much at all. Meek people usually get steamrolled. Those who hunger and thirst for justice... How many times do you, you, you look at the news, right? And you're like, there is, it, 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 the corruption never seems to end. And I want to see it stop. The merciful, those who are able to let things go, to be kind when, honestly, the people don't deserve it. How often do they, you know, get rewarded for that? Usually they get, the pure in heart, those uh, pure in heart, uh, what it sounds like, those whose desires are for, for the good things. Like in the world, in the culture that we live in, we're supposed to be seeking after things that are terrible. The peacemakers, those who are persecuted because of integrity, those who, who don't cheat, who don't take the easy way out, the ones who aren't just climbing the corporate ladder to get to the next step and, and cutting the, the legs out of underneath, uh, of, of those who are in their way, those people are going to be at the top in the kingdom of heaven. Well, that, I mean, that brings up a question. I mean, when you're, when you're seeing these people, when you're hearing, uh, what Jesus is saying, what, what kind of person are you? Are any of, are any of the, the things that, that you saw there, you say, that's me. I identify with that. Or are you like, 
Jesus isn't saying, um, hey, you need to become poor in spirit. You need to like become low status or poor. He's not, he's not, don't try to be these things. He's just saying people who are like this, they're the ones who are going to love this kingdom I'm bringing. And then another question, what about the people around you? Uh, if the, the, do, do you know somebody, especially someone who's unchurched or de-churched, burned by church? Right? Someone who, who is one of these people who, you know, who, who's meek, right? And really would be in a, would love to be in a kingdom of heaven situation. Think about those people and invite them, bring them in. They're, they're out there in the world, they're burned, they're, they're whatever, they, and, and they're, and they're lost because they, they, they're not home. The world's not their home. The kingdom of heaven is their home. One of the strange things about the Beatitudes is that, um, well, Martin Luther um, and the Reformation, he looked at the Sermon on the Mount. And he said, this is just an impossible standard to set up to make us know that we need grace, which I think is true. I don't, I don't think if the Sermon on the Mount were something that could be easily followed by human beings, in the last 2,000 years, we probably would have gotten it right. Uh, and it hasn't happened. Why is that? And, 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 and is it something that we should be aspiring to? And if so, how? Well, take a look at this. Take a look at the, the promises that Jesus makes. Hey, you're stoked. You're happy, you of low status, because you're, you're going to be top dog in the kingdom of heaven. Fortunate, good news to you who are, are mourning and grieving. You're going to be comforted. Wondrous news for you, uh, meek people. You're going to get all the stuff. It's all going to be given to you, even though you've been passed over and bulldozed so many times. You who seek justice, you're going to, you're going to be filled up. You're going to see things made absolutely right everywhere. And you merciful, you're going to get the mercy that no one seems to, to show you, even though you give it so freely. You're pure in heart. You're going to finally see God in the midst of a world where Peacemakers, people are going to recognize you and honor you. They're going to recognize that you have God's heart. And they're going to celebrate that. You who are persecuted because of your integrity, the kingdom of heaven is yours. What's so fascinating about the Beatitudes is that from the world's perspective, none of this happens. Have you noticed that? If you notice that for the most part, there's, plot, there's a lot of people who mourn and are never comforted. There's a lot of people who seek justice and never get it. The, uh, the Detroit Lions are, I think they're, they're, they've clinched a playoff spot for the first time since uh, Barry Sanders was their running back. I got a picture of Barry. I don't know if any of you saw this. It's called Bye Bye Barry. It's a documentary about the career of Barry Sanders. Um, he played, he, I, I wasn't really into football as a kid, so I didn't really know a whole lot about him. Uh, and, but my, uh, Steve Malapart, one of our elders is like, dude, you've got to see this documentary because it, it's a fascinating story. Barry Sanders, he was the greatest running back of his generation, like absolutely peerless. In, in his ability, and they, it's, the documentary is great. Like they show all these ways where he like jumps out of the way of people, and he gets yards when there's no way anyone should be able to get yards. He's on a garbage team, and yet his excellence brings them to the brink of success. They never get it. 
But he, his, his, his amazing ability takes them as far as, as anyone could hope to go. One of the interesting things about the documentary is that Barry Sanders is a very meek person. Like most, uh, most sports stars, uh, you've noticed, tend to be like pretty egotistical. <laughs> pretty much like, hey, I, I should get my way because I'm awesome. Barry Sanders had none of that. They, they, he was, he was set to, um, get 2,000 yards, I think it was rookie season. And, uh, they had one more game and, you know, he's like, just like 50 yards short and they're way ahead. And so, uh, the coach is like, Hey, Barry, we're going to just hand you the ball so you can get that mark, that, that, that 2,000 yards to show that you're the greatest. And he's like, No, let, let the other guys run. I, I, we're winning. I did my job. And he takes a seat on the bench. At the, the height of his career, when he's still at the top of his game, the best running back, I think it's like 1998, he's still an, an insanely gifted guy. He, uh, he just retires. He just says, I did my job. I'm good. I don't need more money. I don't need more fame. Barry Sanders um, is a kingdom kind of guy at least in this aspect of his life. But he never got what he hoped for. He lived this way, he played this way, and yet he never reached the Super Bowl. He never got into that record book. He never came home with the ring. He lost over and over and over again. At the same time, another running back, Emmett Smith, was playing for the Dallas Cowboys, a far inferior player, though excellent. And he comes home with, you know, a couple Super Bowl rings. He's flashy. Everyone pays attention to him. Barry Sanders did not inherit the earth. It's the next thing in your note sheets. In the world, the promises that Jesus makes in the Beatitudes are often left unfulfilled. Unfortunately, we live in a place where there isn't justice all the time. The lowly aren't raised up. The meek inherit nothing. So why then does Jesus say this? What, is, is, he just, is he just casting a vision for the future that we have no hope of experiencing now? Is that what's going on? He's just like, hey, you know, great news. In a couple thousand, maybe five, ten thousand years, when I come back, I'm going to make this all happen for you. Just in the meantime, just kind of suck it up and wait. I got an artist rendering of Jamestown, one of the uh, first, uh, was the first successful colony um, from England into America. Um, in the first, I think, 10 years of Jamestown's uh, settlement, there were 6,000 colonists, 3,400 survived, 3,200. I mean, it was just it's, starvation and disease wiped these people out. What is a colony? 
what was going on? Well, the, at the time, the people of England believed that their culture, their way of doing life, their thing was the best in the world, and they wanted to prosper. They wanted to expand. There were people who wanted to share the light of Western civilization far and wide. They wanted to explore and have a chance for success. They wanted uh, to have a chance for prosperity. And the way that they would do it is go to a place that's completely never been known by anybody from the West at all, and then go and make a little, little like camp of Western civilization in the middle of the wilderness. It's a very difficult job. I just mentioned how, how dangerous it is. When you go to a place that's, that's wild, that's untamed, or in some cases, you know, owned by somebody else who doesn't want you there, being a colonist, being someone who's, who's on the, the vanguard of moving um, into a new place, that's a dangerous place to be. It's hard. Elsewhere in the New Testament, we're, we're told that as Christians, we're, um, we're colonists from heaven. So wherever, whenever anyone is like, is like, they hear the Sermon on the Mount, and they're like, yes. Uh, they hear Jesus' message of, of forgiveness and, and life change. And they're like, yes. Whenever that happens, they become a part of a, new, of a colony. We call them churches or small groups. Uh, small groups, speaking of which, uh, we, two or three of our small groups are filled up. So if you, we've only got maybe two or three that have spots. So if you're interested in a, being in a small group, uh, Lindsay, is she out doing stuff? Where is she? Unbelievable. She's always doing stuff. There she is. Lindsay, wave your hand. Uh, you can be a part of a small group. If you just talk to her, uh, we'll get you plugged in. Um, and it's a, it's a great way to, uh, to get closer to people, get to know folks. Um, she's our director of community life. Um, but you, you, a, a small group or a church or any institution where people are like, yes, I'm following Jesus, that's a colony. It's, it's an invasion from heaven into a hostile world, a world of darkness, a world where there is no justice, where there is no peace, where there, where there is no mercy. It, it, that, that, that world is being attacked and invaded by heaven. But every single one of us who say, Jesus' plan, that's the one I want to be a part of. And so, yeah, the Beatitudes, they, <laughs> in the world, good luck. But here's the thing. Here in the church, that's where these things are supposed to go and be fulfilled. That, that's where the promises of the Beatitudes are. Sp- here, if you're merciful, you should receive mercy. Here, if you're a peacemaker, you should be prized and held up. Because we're doing things the way the kingdom of heaven does things. We're invading the world with kingdom of heaven values. That's the last thing in your note sheets. The church is a heavenly colony where Jesus' promises should increasingly be fulfilled. Should. <laughs> because unfortunately, even though we're people here who want to follow Jesus, it's hard I have a picture here of the uh, the Goethe barometer. I didn't know this. I, 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 it's weird. This is probably something you all know, but I had no idea what a barometer was for. I know that it, it, it a barometer tells you the changes of air pressure, and so like if the, you know if the pressure in the air gets lower, like it'll tell you that. It uses like I don't know liquids. Some have mercury. It's science, so I obviously don't understand it, but. It, it seems to work, and 
And one of the things that people found, and this is, this is what I didn't know, uh, they found out that low pressure in the air um, indicates probably you're going to have bad weather soon. And they found that high pressure in the air meant that you're going to have fair weather soon. So there was a strong correlation. This is not, it doesn't work for long. You guys have all seen the weather forecasters who are just wrong. But, 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 if you, if you look on your phone and it's like, oh, you know, today at like, like, it's 11 o'clock right now. Today at like 2 p.m., it's going to be a little cloudy. That's usually right. And the reason for that is because barometers. Barometers do give a pretty good indicator of what in the short term is coming up. They talk, they, they, they show us how we can measure change. The Beatitudes are a barometer for the church's health. The Beatitudes tell us the kinds of people who should be happy here in this heavenly colony. And it warns us of what happens if they're not. Because if they're not, something is deeply wrong with our community. So a couple of questions here about kingdom people here. Are the poor and lowly in this place given a seat at the table? Or are they excluded in favor of those who are wealthy and successful? Does your standing in the world determine your standing in this place? Because if so, something's wrong with us. Here, that doesn't matter. Because in the kingdom of heaven, the poor in spirit are not ignored. Another question. Are meek people valued and heard, or do they get taken advantage of and ignored? So people here who are willing to, to, to have themselves be second, are they then just passed over in favor of the one who's like, me, 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 me? Another question. Are the ones who make peace between hostile parties celebrated as close to God, or are they taken for granted, or worse, treated with contempt? You'll have noticed that in the world outside, peace is becoming increasingly distant. And the people who are trying to forge peace are looked at as failures and fools. What about here? Last question. Are the mourners able to grieve well and be cared for? Are people who get hurt by the world for their integrity Protected, or are they abandoned when things get hard? When we look at the Beatitudes, we see a vision for what we can be as a community. We see a vision for the kinds of people we'll, who, who come in our doors and are like, finally, I'm finally home. Let us be home. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, we thank you for the Sermon on the Mount. We thank you for the wisdom that you shared in Jesus. God, may, may this place be a powerful, light-shining, heavenly colony invading a dark world. May the poor in spirit and the meek and the merciful and those who seek justice all of those that you said 
good news too. May they find that good news here. May we treasure peace and mercy and justice, integrity. And may we become Jesus followers that light the way and bring the glory of heaven to this small, dark corner. God, we thank you for the gift of Jesus, the gift of new life in his name, forgiveness, redemption. And God, we ask that today we'll start over again to be the kind of community that you treasure. Jesus, in your name we pray, amen.